hello and welcome back to another episode of Simply Ambivalent. I am your host, Arkea, as always. As you guys know, you can always follow me on Instagram at simply underscore ambivalent. If you're not sure how to spell it, that is S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore A-M-B-I-V-A-L-E-N-T. And of course, it's pretty much the same across all other social media platforms as well. Or you can just always do a quick Google search if you want. Um, But besides that, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. And uh, let's go ahead and hop into the new story. All right, you guys. Well, today's episode um, was given as a recommendation by uh, a listener. So I really want to give a shout out to them and just say thank you so much for that recommendation. Um, I do want to say beforehand that I had seen this story before. However, I never followed up with it, um, but I did see a headline for it a couple years ago. But I'm really excited to kind of get into it now um, since there has been a bunch of articles written about it, especially one um, that I'm looking at here right now from Rolling Stone. Um, there's also been a couple of videos that were released um, online that you guys can go back and listen to on um, 11 Alive, um, as well as another video just talking about the overall investigations with the prosecutor, the um, police force that was in charge and everyone else um but i'm gonna be playing all of those so um i was just saying giving you a beforehand if you wanted to go listen to it before i started or if not but um let's just kind of hop into it well today uh we are going to be discussing the um, unfortunate death of tomla horsford um she was a black mother of five who ended up dying at an all-white party in georgia Apparently they, um, you know, were basically just kind of having a girls night in, um, and like most girls nights, you know, there's a lot of wine, there's some snacks and foods. Um, I know a lot of you guys who are on like TikTok and things like that. You guys like to bring like charcuterie boards. I've even seen ones where each person makes a specific type of a signature drink or they bring that. So, you know, it's just all about fun here and, um, all about some of those things that, you know, you like to do with your girlfriends and just kind of have a good time whether that may be away from the family away from the kids or away from whoever else or just simply just getting some time to rest and socialize with your friends Um, that's just kind of the scenario that I see kind of coming into this Um, and um, you know just probably something that was just supposed to be super fun super positive but ended up in something really bad and unfortunate so with that being said um, a lot of the uh, I should say a lot of the people who are involved um, in this particular case They do think it was an accident, but hopefully once I give you guys a rundown of all the details and everything else that has happened, uh, maybe that'll give you the notion to have like a double take and think otherwise. Um, So other than that, uh, let's just kind of get into it here. So um, Tamala Horsford, uh, she ended up arriving at the party, uh, which is around like 8.30 p.m. Once again, as I said, she was in Georgia. Um, And I should probably mention she was around 40 years old um, before that. And as I said, she was a mother of five. So um, it was said that she had made dinner for her family. She had five sons as well as her husband before heading out to celebrate the birthday of her friend. Um, Her friend was Jean Myers. Um, And of course, they had ended up inviting just a big group of moms to come and hang out. So just your typical um, everyday night. And once again, your typical everyday girls night. You know, most of them do have families or if they do have kids, you know, of course, trying to get some of those priorities uh, out the way. Uh, But with that being said, um, 
Myers had invited that group of moms. Most of them ended up meeting through um, a local youth football league. So they were pretty much, you know, familiar with each each other, I'm sure, especially if the uh, kids had ended up starting when they were young, they probably had knowledge of one another um, for a very long time. Um, so the plans were that, you know, they were going to end up having this mom's night. Um, and it was also a plan that she was going to end up spending the night just because they didn't want anyone to be drinking and driving, of course, since they were going to be consuming alcohol. Uh, but with that being said, uh, Horsford did end up arriving. She came with a bottle of tequila. Uh, she also had her little small overnight bag and, of course, some pajamas to change into um, shortly after she got there. So uh, I can guess you can call it just an adult uh, sleepover here or an adult slumber party. Um, the party was originally held on the evening of November 3rd, and we're going to be coming up on that pretty soon. Um, so this will probably be four years um, since the initial uh, event happened. Uh, but this happened all the way back in 2018. So the group um, initially was meant to be uh, all women, uh, but uh, Myers, who was the host of the party, she did end up bringing her boyfriend, Jose Barrera, as well as Tom Smith, who is the husband of another attendee there, um, they ended up sticking around, which I just find that super weird because why would any man want to be sticking around and staying there when it's a bunch of women um, kind of socializing and whatnot? But hey, you know, not going to judge, but I do see some little weird red flags there. But, uh, you know, as I said, um, so in the end, uh, for the group, um, they would later, you know, end up telling the uh, police and all of those involved that there were 12 of them uh, that were included in all. Um, and they will later be going to uh, be named the Forsyth uh, or the Forsyth 12. Um, so in this particular scenario, we have nine women um, and two men. Uh, one of the husbands claims that he just dropped his wife off. Uh, but as I said before, this is just kind of a kind of gives you a number of people that we have, you know, um, in this type of situation. Um, so while the women were drinking and, of course, socializing uh, at the time, they were watching the LSU versus Alabama game upstairs. Um, Barrera and Smith also watched a football game, but instead they were watching it in the basement. Um at this time, it was said that Tamla uh, was a habitual smoker at the party, so she would regularly step out on the balcony um, just to go out, smoke a cigarette. Um, it was also said that she also smoked some marijuana that evening. Um, but as I said before, it's just, it seems like a pretty typical chill night um, kind of going into everything. Uh, Myers also uh, claimed to have told uh, Tomla if she could, she asked her to stop, if she could stop smoking the um, marijuana, of course, I guess in the neighborhood. She didn't want to raise any type of suspicions, didn't want any type of police officers visiting their door, um, you know, notably so. So that's, uh, you know, completely fine. Um, she also said that she had teased Horford during their conversation, calling her the female Bob Marley. Felt like that was a little bit of a microaggression there, but we're just gonna kind of skip on past, uh, skip on past that, um, that com. Well, I can't really skip past that comment just because I just don't like, um, with her being the only woman of color there, 
I'm a black woman at that and someone calling her the female Bob Marley just because she's smoking or doing something. Um, and I'm sure they're, you know, they all they all have their own vices as well, but we're probably not going to hear about that in this story, unfortunately. All right, so we have Jose Barrera, who was the boyfriend, of course, of Myers. Um, she said that he was a, let me see here. She said that he was a officer, a pretrial officer, and so she said that he wouldn't approve of her actions. Uh, but eventually, down the line, the men would end up joining the party. The group did end up playing Cards Against Humanity, if you are familiar with that game. They also took some photographs and videos. Um, and of course they were um, just kind of capturing everything during the game. Uh, so in these videos and also in the pictures, you can see that Horsford is smiling, that she's happy. Um, and of course, according to the group and some of their statements, they said that she had been drinking tequila. Um, and it would later to be found that she had a, a, a significant uh, BAC. So she had, you know, a significant blood alcohol content level. Um, according to her autopsy, but um, according to photos, videos, and also other witness accounts, Horsford didn't appear to be particularly drunk that evening. So we have two different um, kind of statements kind of going against each other here. So if she was drunk, um, you know, it was easy to tell. Uh, but a lot of others are saying that she pretty much handled her alcohol pretty well. And then we also have the, we have to, you know, come into the account of what the blood alcohol content, um, level from her autopsy report did say. Um, but as I said before, they didn't think she was too drunk that evening. Um, then the guests who weren't spending the night, uh, they ended up leaving around 1130 while those who were staying ended up trickling off to bed over the next couple of hours. So at this point, we're hitting at 1130 going up until, you know, around 12 or so. So it's pretty, it's getting pretty late into the night. It seems like they had a pretty much of a good time. But um, as I said before, uh, we're just kind of getting into around the time where you want to, everybody's going to sleep or everyone's leaving. So according to police interviews and reports, um, it was said that Horsford did remain awake after Myers and Barrera headed to bed around 1.30 a.m. Um, and the last person to see Horsford was Bridget Fuller, who ended up uh, being picked up by her husband around 1.47. So it sounds like they were still kind of going late into the night, even though that they said before others were being picked up and that they had been going to bed. So it didn't sound like all of them were going to bed, but it was still kind of much of a, a party kind of going on. Um, later on, Bridget said in her statement, um, and also, um, uh, some others, they were going to say that Horsford was eating a bowl of gumbo, um, and had said that she had planned to smoke a cigarette and head to bed, um, soon after. And then over the course of the next 10 minutes, the home security system did register that the back door did open and close and then open again for the last time around 1.57 AM. So that's a pretty much of a 10 minute timeline there, um, from others since it said Bridget who was picked up by her husband at 147 so I'm, I'm super confused there because in her statement it said she was picked up at 147 um and then over the next 10 minutes okay I'm not sure if that was Bridget saying it or who but we'll figure that out later um and then of course around 8 45 the next morning 
We have another attendee by the name of Madeline Lombardi, who was Meyer's aunt, who also lived at the house. Um, she ended up heading into the kitchen to make her morning cup of coffee. And then, of course, in her interview with the police, Lombardi described seeing something chilling through the window in the backyard. Um, she did see the white dog print onesie, which Tamla was wearing. Um, and she could um, definitely see that Horsford was face down in the grass, not moving. And then, of course, uh, Madeline Lombardi in this case she said she said a prayer and then she headed upstairs to find Myers um, telling her something appeared to be wrong with her friend from the islands. Um, so Horsford uh, was born in the Caribbean but ended up moving to the U.S. when she was around 11 so that's a little bit of a background information about her. Uh, very interesting way of describing her once again not liking some of these descriptions she could have just said her name um, not being like oh yeah your friend from the islands is in the backyard i um, also find it really weird that she wouldn't try to go out there and check herself um, and then of course uh, go on to call 911 um, i feel like that was just kind of lazy on her part um, and also just saying something seemed wrong uh, if i see anybody in my backyard who's face down my automatic response would be to go to call the police or to call some type of, you know, someone to kind of see what was going on and what the situation was. Um, eventually, Forsyth County uh, 911 did receive a call just before 9 a.m. So let's see here, around 8.45. So that's a 15-minute window that we have there. Um, or maybe less than 15 minutes because they said just before 9 a.m. Um, on the line, both Myers and Barrera did speak. Um, they were saying and describing um, basically Tamla's behavior. They were saying that she was not moving one bit. Um, they were saying she wasn't breathing. Uh, they said that she was completely face down in the yard. Uh, they said that she is stiff, uh, which is what Barrera ended up telling the dispatcher. Um, they did say that she was drinking and it looks like, I'm guessing, maybe she fell off the balcony, uh, which is what Myers was saying, which is very interesting. That was the first thing that she said. But hey, we're going to keep going past it. Um, eventually, when 911 did show up, Horsford was pronounced dead at the scene. Her body had eventually been sent uh, in for autopsy. Uh, but even before the report ended up coming back, uh, Forsyth County Sheriff's Office began to work the theory that Horsford's death had been a complete accident. So as you guys can kind of see there, they automatically had their minds set that this was an accident, that there was no foul play involved. Um, and I see this time and time again in many other stories all the time where they're like, okay, yeah, we see how this situation or they come up with some kind of theory and that's the theory that they run with and that they go with. Um, and even sometimes the medical examiner is like, okay, yeah, great, great, great. And it's like, they don't sit down and just be like, okay, we're undecided at the moment, but we're going to figure it out through actual factual evidence. So a lot of the times I get super upset when I see that, but in places like this, it's not um, too uncommon. Um, so as I said before, they were working the theory that her death had been an accident. Um, they said that she had a fall, of course, from the second story outdoor deck. Um, and the case ended up being remained open for almost four months until the um, FCO, I mean, FSCO made their official determination around February 20th, 2019, which was two weeks after the state of Georgia medical examiner provided their final report. Uh, during uh, that toxicology report, um, which tested positive for THC and did clock her blood, 
um, clocked her for blood alcohol content at 0.238, which is just shy of three times the legal limit to drive. Um, of course, when we usually see a blood alcohol content level typically associated with this level, there is said to be blackouts, there is said to be loss of coordination and even vomiting to a cure. Uh, but the, um, FCO, F, the FSCO determined that the marijuana and alcohol use likely contributed to the fall. Um, they also noted that the door alarm log as well um, as the unlit cigarette and lighter, um, Barrera said he had found on the upper deck together. Uh, the investigators found that this evidence suggested that Horsfall went out for a cigarette sometime again once we said, which is around 1.57 a.m., and accidentally fell to her death. Um, eventually, when the case did ended up being closed, uh, the department released the incident report and death investigation to the public, uh, but these documents didn't provide any answers to Horsford's family and friends who were looking for a fact. Uh, they only caused more confusion uh, because how would a woman with that high of a blood alcohol content level appear in control of her facility, facilities, um, according to some interviews as well as videos taken that night, but yet she ended up managing to fall over um, near a four-foot railing, so pretty high railing in this case, um, into their backyard. Um, I would like to see the, um, like from where her fall was, whether or not it was like directly up underneath the deck or was it like out in front of the deck? Because that would probably tell a lot as well. But in this case, I can already see that they probably weren't putting any work, um, to kind of just see where this would be going. Um, they also thought that how could a house full of people, some were asleep for less than half an hour and not end up hearing her fall um, to her death right outside their window. Um, also, could a 15 to 20 foot fall cause not only death, but also cause a dislocated wrist, something broken, and lacerations and things like that. Um, there are a lot of questions, um, especially on the police's report, because it seems here that the scene wasn't preserved, um, the evidence tested, and then, of course, some of the potential witnesses were interviewed immediately. Um, so there was a lot of weird things kind of going on here, just... In my, in my head, it's just moving a little bit too fast, um, according to a lot of um, other cases that I kind of see here. It seems like they were just trying to get it over with, kind of close it, and, you know, just pretty much close and shut case. Um, but I do want to go ahead and start playing for you guys um, this 911 call, and then after that, we can start getting into um, this investigation. Hold on. 
she's breathing? She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, I just try to assess her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Do you know if she, um, um, do you see blood or anything? Where she... uh, Are you there? I am. Okay. I'm not sure I happened to lie there for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where, uh, from where she fell? Um, I, I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely face down. Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If, if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she, okay.
Alright you guys, and I'm just going to go ahead and stop it there. I just find it super interesting. They're talking about she's stiff. He tried to resuscitate her, but how are you going to resuscitate someone on their back? Didn't make sense there. Um, secondly, um, in the manner that she did fall, she was face down. It would later be going to say that her hands were clenching the grass. Um, in most cases, you would see people try to break their fall, not just automatically just kind of fall over. Uh, just very weird. Um, this whole case is very, very weird. Is um, I'm not sure who's in charge, um, but I do find it very weird for two of the men to still be there when it is an all-female um, type of party that was going to be taking place. Um, I'm going to say I do think it is the uh, maybe one of the husbands, but I, I do think it maybe was one of the husbands. Um, I wish their security system had some type of surveillance, but unfortunately all we have is that they could tell that the door was open at whatever specific time and on and on. I just find it just very sad for her family for one and everyone else who was involved and of course her being the only woman of color in this party. Not saying that that should be a cause of suspicion anytime that that is the case, but for a lot of people of color, um... I know in some instances it is very uncomfortable sometimes and you know a lot of people are all very cautious of it and uh it seems like you know since she did you know know these people from the local youth football league that she was very comfortable with them probably trusted them and so on and so on but unfortunately some of these things uh did end up happening um and ended up in her death. Uh, so with that being said, you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and stop it there. But I really appreciate if you guys did tune in to listen to this story. Um, and if you would like, as I said before, you can just go on YouTube, look up um, and listen to the rest of that 911 call since it was released. It has another two minutes to it, but I didn't want to drag it out and just kind of have you guys listening to it um, while I was uh, just um, sitting here listening to it with you guys as well. Uh, but with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Um, I really do hope that Tamla and her family do end up getting justice for her death. Um, I do hate how Forsyth County went ahead and automatically, um, you know, said the case was accidental uh, with not having all the factual evidence to back it up. Um, as well as not being able to preserve the scene. So as I can see there, there were not proper procedures taking place um, in order for this case to kind of be as successful as it could. Um, but besides that, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Simply Ambivalent. I am your host, Arkea, as always. You can catch us next Wednesday for another episode, or I can continue on with this one and let you guys hear the rest of this 911 call. But as I said before, feel more than free to go on YouTube and look it up if you want. Um, anyways, I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. And besides that, bye bye